Hi, I'm Ray. Welcome to another podcast episode. How are you keeping? I hope you're well. We've got uh, this weekend, I'm recording this before Sunday, you'll be listening to this from Sunday onwards. We've got some bad weather coming in again, wind and rain apparently, but the temperature is still rising. So let's hope that uh, it's not going to be too bad. Now this episode was Jackie's idea. Jackie from the UK. Hello Jackie. Great idea. All about mistakes. Now we all make mistakes, don't we? You know, I've made mistakes in my life. I'm sure you have. Go back to your teens and you think, oh dear, I shouldn't have done that. Or I wish I hadn't done that. I should have done this instead. Or it's all ifs and buts, isn't it? You imagine if, say, the person you're married to now, say you hadn't bumped into that person in a particular club or bar or tennis club or wherever, if you hadn't met them, you wouldn't have your kids, your grandkids or whatever, you know what I mean? You see where I'm coming from? Ifs and buts. If you just happened to have gone somewhere else instead on that very day, that very evening, then the whole of your life would have been completely different. Isn't it weird to think back like that? I'm not saying it was a mistake to have married whoever it was you married. I mean, you might be <laughs> you might be thinking, actually, looking back, I think it was a mistake. wonder what could have been different had I not done that. Anyway, uh, this started off with Jackie thinking back to when she was 18. She met a lad and they went out with each other for four years. And it's great. It's a pretty lengthy email that Jackie sent me. So I'm just, I've read it and I'm just sort of doing it now from memory, just going through it quickly for you. She met this lad. They were happy for four years and decided to get married. A friend of Jackie said, I saw him out with someone else having a meal in a restaurant. And Jackie thought, well, you know, she trusted him. And she thought, well, there's obviously a good explanation. Even though he had said on that night he was out with his friends. Uh, apparently he was going out with his mates. But she thought there must be some explanation. But she didn't mention it to him. She thought that she'd rather he came to her and said, look, I went out with so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. He didn't mention it. And after a few weeks, I don't know how long, just a few weeks, I've just gone from notes here that I got from your email, Jackie. Jackie herself saw him with some other girl in the car. Now, obviously, she knew his car well. And she saw this girl in the car. And the girl fitted the description of the one that he'd been in the restaurant with having a meal. So by this stage, Jack is thinking, you know, what is going on? She confronted him and he came out with this story that it was a, a long lost family member. Now, she doesn't say who, sister or whatever, long lost family member that he was trying to bring back into the fold. But Jackie didn't believe any of this and that was it. It was over. The relationship was over. She couldn't understand why he hadn't mentioned it to her. She thought it a bit odd, and I, I must admit, I would have thought it odd that he goes out with some girl, has a meal in a restaurant, uh, then he's seen in the car with this girl next to him in the car. I would have thought that extremely odd. And that was the end of it. She dumped him, end of. As time went by, he was seen more and more with this girl in the car, and apparently in another restaurant somewhere with her. So Jackie's worst suspicions, if you like, were confirmed in her mind. It transpired about a year later, I think she said it was a year later, that he was telling the truth. This was a family member that had been long lost. She'd been ousted by the family and there'd been big arguments, didn't go into details. And he was trying to get everyone back together. 
Why he didn't tell Jackie this, she doesn't. She still doesn't know. But that was the end of it. Now, Jackie's big mistake was, later on she married someone else, which was a disaster, apparently. And she bumps into this chap now and then. He married someone else, which wasn't too good, apparently. Um, so there's a lot of apparent disasters going on. And she wished she'd stayed with him. But now, of course, she says it's all too late. She's got a, a child. He's got a couple of kids. It's all too late. It's all gone now. And it was all down to her making this mistake. Or really, perhaps I would have said, Jackie, down to him making the mistake as well. He should have trusted you. He should have said, look, there's this... I still don't know who it was. She hasn't said. But, you know, a sister or a long-lost cousin or whatever. Had he explained that to Jackie, there we are, ifs and buts again, isn't it? Had he said this, had he said that, they would have still been together. There we are. So that was Jackie's, well, and his um, big mistake. A friend of mine back in the 1960s bought a car, paid a couple of hundred pounds for it, really pleased with it. He had it for a few months. What was it? A Walsley or Riley 1500? Riley 1500, I believe it was. And he was very pleased with it. He didn't think anything particularly special about it. You know, it was just a nice car. It was in good condition. It was a very good price. Then a chap was walking past the house one day and he knocked on the door and said, that Riley car in the drive, you know, is it up for sale? And this chap said, uh, this friend of mine said, well, no, I've only had it a couple of months, no. And the chap said, I'll give you a couple of thousand pounds for it. And this friend of mine said, uh, a couple of thousand? You, it's not worth that, you must be joking. And the chap said, look, I've been looking out for one of these. It's black, it's the colour I want, it's exactly what I want and it is in really good condition. And to me, money's no object. I'm very well off. I want that car. So this friend of mine said, well, no, I'm sorry. You know, I don't care what you offer me. And then the chap said, I'll give you 3,000. Now, going back to the 60s, this was a ridiculous amount of money. Absolutely ridiculous amount of money for a car. You could have bought a brand new car for, for less than that. Now, this friend of mine told me that he was a little bit suspicious because it's all rather odd. You know, a stranger knocks on your door and offers you, first of all, two and then £3,000 for a car that you've only paid a couple of hundred quid for. And OK, it was probably worth 500 He got it a good price, but it wasn't worth two or £3,000. He was a little bit suspicious. He wondered what was going on. So he said no, and the, the chap eventually went his way, and that was the end of that. Sometime later... Uh, my friend found out from someone that there was a special version. I, I think I got that wrong about O'Reilly. Apparently there was a, 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 not like a limited edition, but a special version of this car, which this chap obviously thought his was, and it wasn't. It wasn't this special, I don't know what it was about it. It wasn't this special version. So it wasn't worth a lot of money after all. Uh, when my friend came to sell the car, he only got, I think, a little bit more than he paid for it, but you know, nothing like £3,000. Uh, I, I can't remember the story completely, but obviously this chap that had offered huge amounts of money had thought it was this special version or something of, of whatever the car was. So my friend eventually took, I think, three or 400 something like that, whatever he took for it, and was forever kicking himself after that. I suppose his mistake was not looking into it, not finding out about the potential buyer. And uh, the mistake was not saying, yes, give me the three grand in cash, the car's yours. I think that's what I would have done uh, without asking any questions. If there's three grand in cash, 
It was a legitimate car, a legitimate sale. I'd have taken the money. There was another chap I knew. It was a neighbour of mine. He made a big mistake going back to cars again in the 60s. He bought a, what was it, a Ford? You remember the Ford Zodiac, the Ford uh, Zephyr, the big ones? There was an estate version. I think it was called the Farnham. Ford Farnham Estate. Six-cylinder engine, straight six. Lovely car. And this chap really wanted it. And he paid a thousand pounds for it when it wasn't even worth a couple of hundred really because what he didn't realise, what he didn't check was underneath the rust was horrendous. And the first MOT that came along, it failed on all this rust and it had gone too far. The floor was going through, you know, you, you lift the carpet, you could see the road through the big holes in the floor. And he spent a thousand pounds. The car itself looked immaculate. This is the trouble, isn't it? Going back then, you polish a car up, it all looks immaculate. Leather seats all smells nice. The engine might run nicely. But underneath, underneath, it could be rusted to bits. So that was his big mistake. He, he spent a thousand pounds on a car and the first MOT that came along, basically the car was a write-off. He was a fool, really, because the going rate of cars like that were probably only two or three hundred pounds. So he was a fool to, to spend a thousand on it, even if it had been uh, very good underneath, no rust. It's still way over the top to buy a car. More money than sense. I remember a chap saying to me, oh, he's got more money than sense. That's an old expression, isn't it? More money than sense. Now, I just heard from Mike. Hello, Mike. Um, Mike says his big mistake. This is funny. His big mistake was getting married. <laughs> now, I hope your wife's not listening, Mike. He got married in, was it, 1974? Here we are, 1974, he got married, had a couple of children, and him and his wife have always hated each other. <laughs> Why stay together? But uh, he doesn't go into detail, but him and his wife are still together all these years later. Kids have grown up, left home, got married, had kids of their own. So Mike and his wife are still together. They still hate each other. All they do is bicker all the time. <laughs> so he says, this wasn't only my biggest mistake, but my wife's biggest mistake when she married me. So they both agree with each other, it seems, that uh, the biggest mistake they ever made <laughs> was marrying each other. The thing is, Mike, about staying together, I mean, you've married in the 70s. I think I've said in other episodes, back in the 50s, if a marriage was no good, they stayed together. The couple stayed together because the woman couldn't walk out. The wife couldn't walk out because the house was the chap's house. It was in his name, in the husband's name. So if she walked out, she had nothing. Divorce back then just wasn't the dumb thing. You know, it was frowned upon. You know, pull yourselves together. What do you want to get divorced for? Don't talk rot. Pull yourselves together. Make the best of a make the best of a bad job. I remember someone saying that to this chap. Uh, going back to the 60s, he wanted to get divorced. It was his dad. He said, don't talk rot. Getting divorced, don't talk absolute rot. I remember his dad, he was an old army type. He said, you have to make the best of a bad job. Don't you forget it. His dad forbade him to get divorced. <laughs> I remember him saying to me afterwards, oh, I better not, my dad will go mad. So I don't know, perhaps he should have got divorced. I don't know, it's difficult, isn't it? When you look back, it's difficult. I met a girl back, here we go, I met a girl. This was early 70s, I think. And she was all right. We'd been going out for a few weeks. She was okay, it was nothing serious. And I went to pick her up one evening. 
and she was upstairs in her bedroom getting ready and her, her mum answered the door. She said, oh, come in. I hadn't met them before. Went through into the lounge and she said, this is, I forget his name, her dad. Dad said, oh, well, congratulations, old boy. He was an army type, had a moustache and all the, oh, posh, don't you know? And he said, congratulations. And he poured me a glass of whiskey. Well, I don't like whiskey. Anyway, I sort of sipped at it and uh, I tipped it into a pot plant in the end when they weren't looking. I tipped the, the whiskey into a pot plant. <laughs> and he said, congratulations, welcome to the family. And I'm thinking, what's he on about? What's he talking about? And his wife, you know, the girl's mum, she was grinning and she looked all pleased. Anyway, uh, the girl came down and off we went. I said, what's all that about? Welcome you to the family. And, and she just said, oh, oh I, I, I don't know. I, I think he... He wants us to get married. And I said, married? We've only just met each other. Anyway, we went to this club. That's where we were going. We went to this club. And there were a few of my friends there. Uh, I went up to the bar to get some drinks. When I came back, they're all saying, oh, congratulations, Ray. Well done. Yeah, excellent news. And again, I'm thinking, am I going mad? What's going on here? I must be going around the bend. This friend of mine, he said, uh, when's the wedding then? Wedding? What? I said, what are you talking about? What wedding? And he said, well, I forget the girl's name even. She just said, you're getting married. You're engaged to be married. I said, what? Engaged to be married? I don't know what was wrong with the girl, but uh, she'd obviously gone balmy. <laughs> she'd obviously told her parents we were getting married. She told my friends we were getting married. We were engaged. It was all rot. Uh, anyway, that was the end of that relationship. I Actually, I quite liked her. So I nearly made a mistake there by staying with her. I could have been, what was it in the old days, you know, the very old days, uh, were, were you betrothed or something? You know, if you said you're going to marry someone, then you had to, <laughs> engaged to be married. I mean, I wasn't engaged, but had she gone around telling everyone that we were engaged and this was the old, old days, I, I suppose I, it could have been a problem, couldn't it? I'm not sure. What happened in the very old days? Is there anyone listening that's very, very old? You are know, like 110 Anyone listening that's 110 years old or more? Because, um, no, it was it was before that, wasn't it? When you, you're betrothed or whatever. Anyway, rambling on about that, that won't do, will it? Didn't you pledge your troth or something? I don't know. That's a Mick Jagger song, isn't it? Uh, Lady Jane, pledge my troth to Lady Anne. Anyway, this other mistake, not so much of a... Well, it was a mistake, but not really the sort I'm talking about friend of mine wanted a brick wall down the end of his garden, right across the end of the garden. There's an old fence there. Brick wall would have been perfect. So he got a quote from a couple of builders and he was saying to me, how much? It's only a brick wall. How much? You're having a laugh, aren't you? <laughs> so he thought he'd build it himself. And he did a pretty good job. I can't lay bricks. I'm absolutely useless. I've tried. I, it just looks awful. He did it himself and it looked pretty good. I must admit, I went round there when it was finished and he'd done a pretty good job. It wasn't professional, but for a garden wall, it looked kind of rugged, you know, uh, in keeping with the garden, how it was. It wasn't one of these horrible gardens where it's all plastic pots and plastic flowers and pretend lawn. It was an old traditional sort of garden and it looked really good. I popped round, <laughs> I popped round again about a week later I was picking him up. We were going out. This is back in the 60s. We were going out somewhere. My turn to drive. Went round there. And he looked a bit miserable. I said, what's the problem? And he said, come and have a look. Went out in the back garden. The whole centre section of this wall had crumbled. It was a big pile of bricks. 
on the ground, big pile of bricks. And the rest of it was full of huge cracks. I said, what, what's happened? Has something hit it? What on earth has gone wrong? He said, I don't know, it just collapsed. Anyway, I went and had a closer look. And I said, well, how deep was the trench, you know, for the foundations, for the concrete? What trench? I said, well, what did you put the bricks on? You know, you must have a foundation, even though it's a garden wall. You need a, a trench, fill it up with concrete and rubble and stuff for the foundation for the wall. He said, well, I built it on the mud, as he called it, on the mud. He said, I flattened the earth down, you know, flattened it all down and built the wall on that. Of course, it had no foundation and the ground began to sink and the wall, <laughs> the wall fell down. So that was the end of that. Now, that was a big mistake. Why didn't he ask? I said to him, why didn't you ask someone? He said, well, I thought I knew how to build a brick wall. Yes, he did know how to build a brick wall. It's just that he missed out the most important part of it, the foundation. So that was his big mistake. And even to this very day, we still joke about that. Here's a sad one. This is from, uh, who's it, Heidi? Hello, Heidi. This is sad. She says that she got married because she felt she had to. Now, don't get me wrong, she wasn't pregnant. Back in the early 70s, she'd known this chap since they were kids. You know, they lived in the same street. They'd known each other since they were, well, basically, since they were born. And they got to 18, 19, 20 and got married because it was expected of them. It was just, oh, well, it's, it's you know, Heidi and, uh, she hasn't put his name, Heidi and Fred. You know, it was always, oh, Heidi and Fred. Wherever they go, Heidi and Fred since they were little. They got married because the parents sort of expected it and she said it was the biggest mistake of her life. They stayed married for some years, they had a couple of kids and when she got to 30, she says she decided to end it. She didn't want to do that anymore, you know, the whole thing was a farce and she didn't want to do it. She met someone else who she really wanted to be with. She fell in love with this other chap and she'd been seeing him on the side for quite some time. Now, she didn't want to upset her parents. Well, both sets of parents, you know, it was all, they're all very, very close families and friends and everything. And she knew that it would cause eruptions all over the place if she said, that's it, I'm, I'm getting divorced, I'm going off with someone else. They had the children as well to remember. So she started seeing this other chap on the side, you know, like having an affair that went on for several years. And she, the more time went on the more she wanted to be with him and him with her they wanted to be together they were as she put it soulmates he wasn't married so there was no problem for him but she just couldn't bring herself to cause this huge eruption in, in her family and her husband's family and she didn't know what to do so in the end after a row with her husband and I think the families were involved she ran off with this chap she just sort of eloped, is that the word? Eloped. She hasn't said that in the email, but she went off with him. And although she's very happy now with him, both sets of families and her children, that are now grown up, have never spoken to her since. Uh, she's tried to make contact. They don't want to know. So who's? what was the mistake there? I mean, she has said in her email, was it my mistake? Should I have stayed? I don't think you should. Personally, I don't think you should, Heidi. Uh, if it was no good, you know, if the marriage was no good, it's a shame it happened in the first place. The mistake was going along with the marriage in the first place, I suppose. She does say she's only got herself to blame, but she's now married to this other chap 
uh, presumably a, a divorce went through. I, I don't know how that would have worked. She hasn't said, but she's now married. And although she's lost all her original family, her mum, her dad, everyone, she's found happiness. So that's a sad story, isn't it? What a shame it has to be like that. And lost contact, of course, with her two children by the marriage that she first went into. Yeah, that is sad. I knew a, a girl. Here we go again. No, no, it's not like that. I knew a girl. Now, this is true. You're going to think this is fiction. I mean, this happens on the telly. I knew a girl back in the 60s. She met this chap, fell in love, and they were going out with each other. Well, you know, one of our group, she was one of our, our sort of, not gang, we didn't have gangs, we used to have groups of people that would hang around together, go out together. And she went out with this bloke for a couple of years. A very nice chap. He, you know, we welcomed him to the, the group. It was great. It all worked out really well. They were obviously very much in love. They ended up getting a flat together. I suppose they were, what, by that, I don't know, 19, 18, 19 years old, they rented a flat together. Now, the girl's mother never liked the chap for some reason. She didn't know why, but I remember her saying to us, you know, my mum, she just can't stand him. She wants us to split up. She was very, very much against the relationship, but the girl never knew why her mum was like this. When she got a flat with her boyfriend, they moved in together. Her mother said to her, you've got to stop this now. You've got to come home. That is your brother. Now, the girl, as I call her, because I'm not mentioning any names here, she obviously was distraught. You know, what the hell are you talking about? I don't believe you. Because she thought, uh, quite rightly, as, as we all did at the time, because she told us, why didn't the mother mention this in the first place? Because the mother didn't want her husband to find out that she had a son, <laughs> some, what, 18 odd years ago or whenever. It was a right mess. Uh, whose mistake was it? Well, it was the mother's, really, for not saying so in the first place, I suppose. Anyway, the girl and the her brother, it was a half-brother, obviously, it was a different uh, father, they were living together in this flat, and they both decided to carry on living together in the flat. They weren't going to split up because... Uh, what they thought was because her mother had gone balmy. As the years went by, they didn't have children, but as the years went by, uh, they stopped speaking to her mother and you know, there was the family were all split up and cut off. The, apparently the mum and dad got divorced because of all this trouble. She doesn't go into a lot of detail here, but that's basically obviously because of all the trouble. Her parents split up. She stayed with this chap and it transpired, she doesn't say how in the end, that she did find out that it was true. Uh, this was her half-brother. They hadn't married or had kids. They just lived together. And in the end, they had to split up. And she said it was such a... Uh, she reckons that her mistake was splitting up because she's never been happy since. She's now married again, she says. But her soulmate, the love of her life, was and still is, she says, her half-brother. She says they don't see each other because they can't because they'd want to be together. But uh, what a sad story that is. That's awful. As I said, sort of thing you see on the telly, isn't it? Fiction, films. But uh, that must be awful. You're discovering that the person you're with is your half-brother. I don't know what the law is on... I know brothers and sisters can't marry, and it's best not to have kids, but I don't know about half-brother and sister. I suppose that it's the same, I suppose. That still applies. But what a dreadful thing. Anyway, thanks for sharing that. Uh, oh, by the way, obviously none of the names that I'm reading out are real names. 
on a lighter note, this chap had a lottery scratch card thing for his birthday from a friend of his, and he won a thousand pounds. And he's thinking, whoa, what a what a birthday present. And he told his, his friend, he said, thank you so much, I got a thousand pounds. And his friend said, oh, he said, oh, well, that's a bit of luck. You're going to share it with me, you know, 500 each. And this chap said, well, um, it was my present, you know, from you to me. You gave me the present. He said, uh, yeah, I'll give you something out of it. And he offered him a couple of hundred because he wanted to, I forget what it was, he wanted to buy something special, which is about 800. And he said, I'm going to get that, you know, with the, the, the money. I'll give you a couple of hundred. Anyway, this, he tried to take him to court. The chap that, you know, gave it as the present tried to take his friend to court to get all the money back. And it, it all got thrown out. It was all ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> as this friend of mine said, in the end, he, he kept the whole thousand pounds because it was rightfully his. You know, he'd been given the scratch card. It was his card. He won, so it was his money. And the mistake there was his friend's or ex-friend's mistake was uh, don't give people <laughs> scratch cards for birthday presents or Christmas presents. I had a, a scratch card for my birthday years ago and it was £100 I got on it. The card cost, I think it was 10, yeah, it was 10 pounds or cards, 10 pounds worth. And I got a hundred. And you know, when I told the person who'd given it to me, they were really pleased. Oh, excellent, well done, so glad you won. I don't know what, uh, what would the situation have been? What if it's like several million, you don't get millions on scratch cards, do you? What if you give, <laughs> what if you give someone a scratch card for your birthday and they win a million or five million? What would you be thinking? I mean, I know what you'd think. You, you'd think, damn, I wish I'd kept that one for myself. But how would you deal with that? How would you cope with that, knowing that your birthday present was, say, five million pounds? <laughs> Don't buy scratch cards. I think that's the moral of that story. I suppose I should have said buy scratch cards, but don't give them away. There was a, a syndicate, not no one I know, but I heard of this through a friend of a friend. There was a syndicate at work in an office somewhere and one of the people were off, off ill. They were off sick for a couple of weeks and they didn't pay in that particular week. They didn't pay in their whatever it was, a couple of pounds, whatever. And they won, the syndicate won thousands and they were sharing it out between themselves and someone said, hang on, no, 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 she didn't pay in that particular week. She doesn't get any. And it was split half and half. Half the people were saying, oh, no, no, come on, let's include her. It's only fair. And the other half were saying, no, you know, she didn't pay in. That's not fair. You know, she shouldn't get any winnings. She didn't pay. Now, there's a situation for you. Where's the mistake there? I suppose... In all fairness, they'd all been in the syndicate for years together, you know, at the office. They're all friends, were, I say, were all friends. They really should have included her. What do you think? I would have said, yeah, of course, include her, share it all out. Just because she hadn't paid for that one week. And that was because she was off work not very well. So that's difficult, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I suppose legally, if you're going to get sort of legal and technical... She hadn't paid, so she doesn't get a penny. Mistakes come in very many shapes and sizes, very many forms. A friend of mine lent his son some money. Uh, his son was buying a property, and this friend of mine, he lent his son 
£40,000. That's a lot of money, £40,000. And the son said he obviously was going to pay it back. They worked out monthly repayments because uh, his son was on pretty good money where, where his job was. Pretty good money. He could afford the mortgage and to pay his dad back. It would have taken a number of years, obviously, but um, his dad, my, you know, this friend of mine, he had the money available and he wanted to help his son. So his son bought the house and started the repayments. No problem at all. Then his son got married to uh, a not a very nice person, <laughs> according to my friend. So his daughter-in-law wasn't a very nice person. And she persuaded uh, her then husband, this friend of mine's son, to stop the repayments. This friend of mine said, look, he went down there and he said, look, we had this agreement. You know, you were paying. How come you stopped? And she seemed to be in charge. Uh, his son wasn't able to get a word in. She said, look, I'm sorry, we can't afford it. We've got the mortgage. We want to have children. Uh, we need holidays. We've got to have a car each and all this. She was a bit of a, a bit of a madam, if that's the right word. And she said, sorry, but we just can't afford the payments. You don't need the money back anyway. And this dreadful situation started. Can you imagine that? What do you do? You know, but imagine that as your son. You'd lent him money. He gets his property. He's paying you back. And then he meets this thing and marries her. Who was obviously into the whole thing. Just wanted the money for herself. You know, we need holidays abroad. We need a car each. And all this sort of stuff. It was uh, a mistake to lend his son the money. Obviously, he told me that many times. He said, oh, the biggest mistake of my life. He didn't so much need the money, but it was the principle. It was the point of it. But also, I mean, he said that uh, when his retirement eventually came, that was going to be part of his backup money to live on. Does not rely on just a pension. You know, he would have this as savings. And a good chunk of it had gone. His son eventually became the worm that turned and he they didn't have kids, fortunately. It was before that had happened, which is a, a result. But his son said to his wife, you know, I'm not doing this. Uh, divorce, end of, finished. That's it. You know, I'm going to pay my dad back. This isn't fair. Of course, by then, half the house that he bought was you know, legally hers because they'd been married, they'd been living together for whatever amount of time. It was legally hers. Bit of an involved court case, but the the court did take into consideration the money he owed his dad, because the dad had transferred the money initially to the son. There was a record of that. And anyway, the court did say that, yes, okay, she's entitled to half the equity in the property, but... She also had to pay half the money back to his dad. That's how it worked out, half the money that was borrowed. And she didn't come out with a penny, and neither did the son. You know, they, that was it. The house had gone, the equity had gone back to the father, and they both still owed the father, this friend of mine. She obviously never did pay, but this friend of mine did. He um, is a bit of a long story, but he moved back in with his dad, uh, eventually bought a house and his dad lived with him, blah, blah, blah. But it just shows, doesn't it? You've got to be so careful. I know a, a friend of mine years ago, she was divorced. She said, I daren't get married again. I've got my own house. I daren't get married. 
And I said, what do you mean? You've got your own house, you dare and get married. She said, if it doesn't work out after a few years, half the house will be my husband's. You know, she said, if I move someone in after a certain amount of time, was it common law, husband and wife or something? He could take half my house. Another story I heard, it wasn't a friend of mine, this was a friend of a friend of a friend or whatever. Uh, this chap was married, they got a house and his wife unbeknown to him, don't know quite how she did it, took out a massive loan with the house uh, as security, equity in the house as security. It must have been a, must have increased the mortgage or something. I'm not sure how she did it or what had happened. But she got £20,000 loan. So she had twenty grand in the bank. Now, she dealt with the money, so the, the husband didn't know anything about this. She dealt with all the money. You know, sometimes... Either the husband deals with the money or the wife does. It's not always a joint thing. One of them deals with the the bills and the mortgage and everything. And the other one, although probably has an idea of what's going on, doesn't know all the ins and outs of it. And this chap didn't know that she borrowed this £20,000. She had this in the, the bank. And she made out to her husband that she'd won some money. She was spending it on this and that and buying new clothes and going out all the time. Again, it's a bit of a long story, but they eventually split up. She found someone else. She was always out. She found this other chap and she left her husband. So he obviously had to start dealing with all the money, paying the mortgage. That's when he discovered the £20,000. I don't know whether it was added on to the mortgage or whether it was a separate loan, but basically he was responsible for it because <laughs> she disappeared. He reckoned that she'd gone abroad somewhere in the end and you know, no one could trace her. She'd gone, probably gone abroad with this chap. So he was left with the house. There was no equity in it because this loan and anyway, he eventually paid it all. But uh, his <laughs> the big mistake there was his mistake, uh, he reckoned, according to the, you know, the friend of a friend of a friend, for allowing his wife to deal with the money. But what do you do? You know, what do you do in a, a situation like that? One of you deal with the money. It's it's all very well looking back, isn't it? I mean, things don't always go wrong, do they? You know, couples, they get married, they deal with the mortgage and the bills, one of them deals with it, and it's fine. It's perfect. I, I do remember another chap, I, oh, I'm going back many, many years now, his wife ran up this credit card bill, massive amount on the credit card, She'd just gone wild with the credit card. She'd gone around the town buying this and buying that. And she racked up hundreds, which was you know, going back quite a number of years, a lot of years, hundreds of pounds. And it was down to him then because she wasn't working because she was at home looking after the kids. The money he earned wasn't particularly good. Oh, that's right. They lived in a council house, so they didn't own their own property. He had to then start making massive payments back to the, the credit card. Eventually they split up. I remember him saying that uh, he reckoned that she'd gone funny in the head. She just one day went out, started spending money and then went out every day. He said every day she was in town. He didn't know she was buying all this stuff. She hid it. When she got home, she hid everything that she bought. New clothes, new shoes, boots, all these things. Going out for meals, you know, go out for lunch, stuff like that with friends. Evening meals with friends while he was at home looking after the kids. And she racked up this huge amount on the credit card, which he had to then pay back. So those mistake was, I don't know, 
I suppose that was his mistake for trusting her. But I mean, you do trust your wife or your partner, don't you? Or you should be able to anyway. A friend of mine's brother uh, was married and uh, his wife was always playing around, always going out with other people. And, you know, he loved her and he hoped that she'd calm down and sort of you know, become a proper wife again. They wanted to have children, or he did. But she was always out with other men and mucking around. And one day she said, I'm leaving. I found someone else, I'm leaving. And she did, she left. Now, he won some money, a considerable amount of money. I don't know how much, but it was a lot of money. I remember someone jokingly saying he could buy six houses with that. So that shows how much money it must have been. His wife, they had, they had been divorced. The divorce had only come through a matter of weeks previously. His wife got wind of this and came back. And she said, oh, it was all a big mistake going away. I want to be with you. And uh, he said, no, 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 no. Uh, I don't want it. You know, we're finished. We're divorced. She obviously wanted the money or, or half of it or whatever, a share of it. And he wouldn't take her back. So she went to court because of his winnings. She thought that somehow she was going to get half and she lost you know, the court said, well, no, you've, you're divorced. Is it? You're finished. You know, you've signed this and you've signed that on the divorce agreement. Uh, she'd even signed her half of the house over to him because it was a joint thing on the house. He had taken over the mortgage solely, just him, because she'd wanted this other chap who apparently owned his own house, so she wasn't bothered. And of course, he won all this money, a horrendous amount of money. She got wind of it and couldn't get one penny of it. And he was saying that uh, although he lost her, he really wanted her because he'd always loved her so much, he could at least live miserably in comfort. He went on to find someone else and you know, they were very happy together. Uh, they bought a huge house, lovely big house, and apparently very happy together. So it turned out well for him in the end, I suppose. It, it uh, depends which way you look at it. I mean, isn't money an awful thing? You know, it's lovely if you've got some money. If you have got money, it can turn you into a nasty person. You, know, you want to cling on to it. I've known people like that. They've come into some money and they, they become very tight. You know, they won't even buy a round in the pub. You know, oh, you're round? Oh, no, 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 I didn't bring any money with me. You know, the more, it's some people, the more money they've got, the tighter they seem to be. Other people that have got next to no money at all, you know, they're struggling a bit. They're very generous. You know, they'd be the first one in the pub. Oh, no, I'll get this round, even though they really can't afford it. Money does funny things to people, doesn't it? Weird things. I'm not going to mention any names, but uh, I know a chap who won quite a bit on the lottery and he lost his wife. Shortly after that, lost his wife. Uh, she was pretty young. Not going to go into details or names at all. Um... And he said to me, I'd give all that money back if I could just have my wife back. So he had all that money. Uh, he couldn't live miserably in comfort. He was just distraught. And he never, never, ever got over it, really, although he had all that money. I think in the end he gave it to his sons, um, from what I remember. He, he, they planned to move and everything. They were going to buy a big house. He just stayed in the flat where he was, in the rented flat. He never did move from there because he lost her. So that's a shame. I mean, that was no one's mistake. This is meant to be about mistakes, and most of it isn't. But you don't mind that, do you? You just want me to ramble on while you're doing whatever you're doing. You're probably, who was it that said to me, um, washing up, she listens to me. 
I forget your name. I'm so No, I don't. It was Kate. Hello, Kate. It was Kate emailed me some weeks ago. She said, uh, I like your rants. I listen to them while I'm washing up. And she said it's quite nice to have on in the kitchen while she's tidying up and doing whatever, doing cooking and stuff. <laughs> and she did say she doesn't care what I talk about. Perhaps I should just talk nonsense. Now, there's a thought. Who was it? Was it... Um, Oh, what's that chap's name? I can't remember his name. The one that talks a load of... You can't understand what he's saying. Uh, I can't even begin to do it. I'll find out his name in a minute and tell you. And someone else, they listen to me uh, ranting and going on while they're going for a walk in the woods. I think that was... I can't remember. I'm awful at names. And there was another one said that uh, they listen to me while they're getting the baby to sleep. The baby listens as well. Obviously, he hasn't got a clue what I'm saying, but it somehow lulls the baby off to sleep. <laughs> well, that's good, isn't it? I must be that boring. I, I lull people off to sleep. And one name I do remember very well because of what she said. Fiona. Hello, Fiona, if you're listening. This was weeks ago as well. She said, I was telling my friend about your podcast episodes. And she said uh, that this friend asked her what they're about. And she said, I've got a clue. <laughs> she, she listens to every one. I either got a bad memory like me, Fiona, or I don't know, you, you just don't take stuff in. Um, I remember particularly because she was saying that she just hasn't got a clue afterwards if someone said, what was he talking about? Oh, I don't know. She listens, but she doesn't know. Isn't that funny? I, I know, I'm not going to mention names again, but I know someone like that. They talk, 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 you know. And afterwards, if someone says, well, what did they say? I don't know. I, I wasn't really listening. <laughs> Because it's not that they're boring. I think it's just the way some people speak. Some people, they, they kind of, I don't know, it just must be the way they speak. Because afterwards, although they've said a lot, they haven't said anything. Now your thing's a bit like your podcast episodes. You, know, you rabbit on for an hour, but you haven't actually said anything. There was a song about that, wasn't there? I can't remember. Don't, I'm not even going to try and think what it was. I don't know what I'm talking about, as you obviously realise by now. I think I told you, was it last week or the week before, I went to Bognor, went out for lunch, met a couple of friends outside, which was nice. You have to sit outside, you know, because of COVID and the rest of it. And the other day I went up to Haywards Heath. Do you know Haywards Heath? You probably do if you're in the UK. Have a look on the map if you're abroad somewhere. Haywards Heath, well, you don't have to look on, I always say that, don't I? Look on the map and you always think the same thing. Well, why? Why do I want to know where Haywards Heath is? Why would I want to know where Timbuktu is? Anyway, went to Haywards Heath. That was lovely. Nice drive up there and back. It's just nice to start going out again, isn't it, after all the lockdown? Because is it the... I, I'm not, again, I forget dates. May the 17th? Oh, yeah, we had some people round because it was my birthday Saturday, last Saturday. We had some people round in shifts, you know, because you only allowed uh, six people outside. Now, it did rain. We had hailstones. It was awful at one point, but the sun kept coming out. So we did it in shifts. All the family came round, but only six at a time. It worked out very well. It was all shifts, you know. Six would turn up and then go away. Then the next lot would turn up and then go away. It worked out very well. There was no overlapping or anything. Actually, thinking about it, there were... No, the total was six, so it must have been shifts of four including us two making six. Oh, I don't know. It was all perfectly legal anyway, which was good. Going back to mistakes, it was Jack emailed me and said, Ray, what's the biggest mistake you've ever made? 
That's difficult, Jack. I've made so many. <laughs> I have made so many mistakes in my life. I honestly don't know which is the biggest. A lot of people, they, they leave school, don't they? They get exams, they do their exams and they get their certificates and they go into a job and they stay there and they do the job properly and they meet a girl and they get married or meet a boy, whichever way around you are, and they get married. In, in my case, I met a girl. <laughs> just I just thought I'd throw that one in. And they buy a house and they have children, 2.4 children, blah, 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 and they stay together. And when they retire, they've both got state pensions and company pensions and private pensions and they're really well off and they've got loads of money. I didn't do all that. I did everything totally the opposite. You know, I left school with no exams at all because I left at 14. Went to, to work. I, I did get to my City and Girls examination, radio and television, servicing, electronics, all that stuff. But then I, I kind of did different things. I went off to do this, then I went off to do that. Then I was self-employed, then I wasn't, then I was. Um, I've spent most of my working life uh, self-employed, which uh, I don't think it was a mistake because I've loved it all. I've loved every minute of that. But I did, you know, while other people were settling down, uh, when I should have been settling down, I was off clubbing. I was night clubbing. You know, was that a mistake? Looking back, I suppose the question should have been, looking back, what would you have changed? Because I don't think anything that I did was a mistake. I look at it as a learning, not curve. I hate that expression. I look at it as experience. All the things I've done, possibly I should have done that a little bit differently somehow. But uh, I think, I, I don't know that I'd change anything because it's all an experience. I think life is to be experienced. I think if you, if it's, what's that word, twee, isn't it? If you're a, and I know, I know one or two couples, rather twee, they're in their little house, they've had their 2.4 children. Um, I don't know, it's rather twee. They haven't lived life. <laughs> they haven't been through things. They haven't experienced things. Uh, they've kind of meandered along, plodded along. Uh, whereas, I don't know, my biggest mistake, I don't think, I think, Jack, as I say, I don't think there is a biggest mistake I've made. I've made mistakes and I've, I look back and I think, well, I, I can't see anything that I would change. Have I learnt from my mistakes? Probably not. I don't know whether people do. I suppose some people do. Have I learnt from my mistakes? I don't know. I, I think the only thing I would change is had I known then what I know now. You know what I mean? That's an old thing, isn't it? An old expression. Had I known then what I know now, then possibly I would have done things a little bit different. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't want to get really old and then die off and go away to wherever you go, having not experienced life. I think I can quite honestly say I have experienced life, uh, the good side and the bad side of life, which I don't think can be a bad thing at the end of the day. Just got to tell you one more thing. I knew this chap. He bought a house, uh, got it for a pretty good price. He bought it with a view to doing it up, selling it to make a profit. He bought a, a house I think previous no two houses previous to that made a few thousand on each one so that was he was going to be a property developer or whatever he called himself so he bought this house and started to do it up he had spent well I'll tell you before I tell you that well he what happened was he did it all had the place valued chap came round to value it and 
he valued it at £10,000 more than this friend of mine paid for it. And uh, my friend looked at him and said, because I was there <laughs> when the valuer came round, he looked at the valuer and said, but I've spent 50000 on this house. <laughs> and he had fifty grand, And all it had gone up in price from what he paid was ten grand. And the, the valuer chap said, well, he said, what you've done is, he said, your garden pond is lovely. There was a stream from the ponds. There was a stream. There were lights as filters and stuff. Lights coming down. The stream went to another pond and it was all pumped back up to the top. There was a bridge halfway across the lawn. Um, it cost him quite a few thousand pounds. And the valuer said that that's not adding value to the house, is it? You know, it's great if you want a, want a stream and a pond, a couple of ponds. That's great. And he said, your greenhouse, that obviously cost a bit, and it did. It was a big greenhouse, quite, I forget the size, a large greenhouse with an automatic watering system, automatic heating system and all that. And he said, again, it's not adding value to the house. Someone that moves in, they might not be interested in gardening. They don't want to grow tomato plants and cucumbers. They're not interested in that. And there were various things. The the kitchen he'd had done, um, he put a new kitchen. I think he did it himself. That cost several thousand pounds. And it wasn't nice. I don't know why he, he did it the way he did. I won't go into detail. But it wasn't nice at all. It looked awful. Anyway, and this went on and on. He'd Oh, yeah, he'd had the outside, the brickwork. He'd had it rendered. You know where they cover it all in cement to hide the bricks, cover up all the bricks, and then painted white. It looked all right, but as the valuer chap said, it made the house stand out. And my friend said, well, that's what I wanted. I wanted it to stand out. And he said, yeah, but it sticks out like a sore thumb in the road. All the others in the road are brick. He said, you've got a house with white painted walls. It's all been rendered. And he said again, <laughs> I mean, that cost him a lot of money as well. He said, again, that hasn't put value on the house. If anything, it's going to put people off. They think, no, oh, you know, what's happened to that? Why is that one so different? You know, what problems is that, is that hiding? You know what I mean? Anyway, it went on like this. I, I'm pretty sure it was 50 grand he spent on it and he expected to at least get that back, if not more, because he had carpets and all that. And the valuer said to him again, you don't want carpets. You know, people move in. Oh, I don't like that carpet, even though it's brand new. Oh, I don't want that. So anyway, he he actually lost money on that on that deal. So that was a great shame. That was his big mistake. Um, he, he finished with it after then. He was going to go on to buy more houses with a view to one day getting a very expensive house and keeping it. Uh, preferably no mortgage paid for. That was the plan. Good plan. But he just didn't do it properly. The valuer chap was quite sensible, actually. He said there are two types of buyers. There's one type that want the house all done. It's ready to move into. All you've got to do is put your food in the kitchen cupboards. That's that done, you know. Put your telly in the corner, plug it in. You haven't even got to have an aerial put up. It's all done. And the other type, they don't want anything done to the house. They want to buy it as it is because they're going to do it up perhaps themselves or uh, there's a builder in the family or a painter and decorator. So there are the two types. And he said, to be honest, you're better off not doing anything to a house. Well, unless it needs rewiring. Say it needs rewiring or there's no central heating. Well, at least do that. But don't start wallpapering. That's another thing he did. He started wallpapering everywhere. And again, I didn't say anything to him, but it looked awful. His choice of wallpaper, as the valuer chap said, 
He said, people won't like that. They won't want that wallpaper. The first thing they'll do is strip that off. And he said, you just spent time and money putting it on. The chap said, if the walls are bad, just use something like wood chip paper and then emulsion it. You know, just paint over the walls. Uh, even if you can, if it's plain wallpaper, just paint over the wallpaper just to make it look fresh, clean and bright. So, you know, it's, it is, it's good advice, actually. It's like a new kitchen, you know, you spend money on a new kitchen. Yes, some people, as I said, want it all done. They want to just move in and everything's been done for them. But it's got to be done, uh, I forget the word, the value I used, not, not modestly, sort of, sort of nothing, where anything will fit in, you know, not, for example, all red or all green, you know, just have it all pastel colours that will kind of mix in with anything. As uh, long as it looks fresh, clean and bright, that's the thing to do. Anyway, there we are. It's all good fun. I'm not moving house again. We've been here forever. We're not going to move. We don't want to move. It's too much of a palaver. We've got great neighbours here. Uh, why move? It's perfectly big enough. There's only two of us here now. Everyone's flown the nest. <laughs> so it's just the two of us, a couple of rabbits and a tortoise. We don't need any more room. And we certainly don't need all the hassle of moving, especially all my amateur radio gear, all my ham radio gear. My aerials, oh, good grief. Trying to move that lot would be a nightmare. I can't be bothered. Too old for it all now. Right, coming to an end. Uh, email me, love to hear from you. Raiserants at protonmail.com. Uh, I can't think of anything else. I've got my notes here all crossed out. So I've gone through everything. Hope you're doing all right with, uh, with lockdown. Oh, last week, by the way, you know, I mentioned scams and things. Several of you have said, oh, thanks for the tips. So that's nice. Thank you for getting back to me on that. Uh, there was one uh, one or two in particular that had had you know, phone calls from people saying, oh, if you don't pay now, if you don't know, was it? If you don't dial one now, you'll be arrested. And uh, a couple of elderly people have contacted me and said, you know, thanks for the reassurance. Uh, they did just hang up and they weren't arrested. <laughs> and I wasn't arrested either. So that's good news. There we are. <laughs> Take care, everyone. I shall see you next uh, Wednesday for the midweek message. And if you've got any ideas for next Sunday's episode, let me know. Because uh, where are we now? We're well over 100 episodes and I'm running out of ideas. I don't know where, <laughs> I don't know where these ideas keep coming from. But, you know, some are from emails, some are from people that contact me, some I get myself. Sometimes my wife will say, have you done so? And say, oh, no, I haven't. I've done that one. Anyway, raise rants at protonmail.com. See you next Sunday. Bye-bye for now.